Thank you for joining me for this Tenant Cloud podcast. If you haven't been listening for the past few episodes, I definitely recommend going back and listening to the other episodes in this series titled How to Find a Tenant Quickly. In previous episodes, we have gone through topics such as creating high-quality rental listings, offering incentives to encourage tenant referrals, how to work with agents, and the importance of being flexible, and a whole lot of other topics to help you find tenants quickly. And in today's episode, we're going to continue this series and for the next several episodes as well. In today's episode, we're going to cover pre-qualifying tenants and how to do that efficiently and to incorporate it into your process so that you can find qualified tenants quicker. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Finding the right tenant for your rental property is crucial for a successful and hassle-free renting experience. And one of the most effective strategies you can use to expedite that process is by pre-qualifying tenants. And one of the most important aspects of that is something that we talked about in the previous episode, which is how to create transparent rental listings. Because you want to create transparent rental listings that... Uh, detailed to the tenant exactly what is going to be expected. And so you want to make sure that there are no secrets, there's no surprises, that they know what the pet policies are, that they know what the credit score requirements are, that they know what the move-in window or move-in time frame that is available for a particular rental is. So maybe their rental doesn't match up with your time frame for when they need to move in by and the like. So it's definitely important to... Uh, make sure that your rental listing is as transparent uh, as possible. And some of the other things that you want to make sure that you include in the listing that we discussed last week is also things like making sure the potential tenant is aware of any security deposits and how that entire process works, as well as what the application process looks like. So that's the number one thing that you want to get out of the way when it comes to pre-qualifying tenants, because you can eliminate a lot of uh, traffic or prospective tenants who don't meet the criteria that is required for your particular rental. So for example, again, if their move-in date is not until December 1st, but you're only holding the rental as being available until October 1st or whatever the case is, maybe they're even looking into next year and you don't have any other rentals and you just have one or two and their move-in dates are only here and now, well, then it probably wouldn't make sense for a prospective tenant to apply for your rental property because they can't move into it until a later time frame anyway. And so it saves you and the prospective uh, tenants a lot of hassle when you make sure that that information is conveyed early on and you pre-qualify them by simply having a detailed listing. Now, once your rental listing is clear, it's descriptive, it provides all of the information that's necessary for a prospective tenant to determine if it's a good fit for them or not, and it is a transparent rental listing, now you're going to start having mostly qualified tenants, hopefully, applying for your rental property. And this is where you can really get into some pre-qualifying questions to determine even further whether or not it is worth their time and yours for the prospective tenant to continue in this process of touring and applying and so forth. And a few of those questions are, like we discussed previously, one of them is, what is your expected move-in date? 
And do you have any pets? Are you aware of the pet deposit requirement of X amount of dollars? Do you earn at least three times the income required for the rental or whatever your required income is? Or other options such as how long do you need a rental for? If they are looking for a short-term rental of three or six months, but you don't offer that, you only offer a 12-month, or let's say you do offer a short-term lease of six months or whatever, perhaps you have a premium associated with that that they need to be aware of and that the listed price may not be the price for the short-term rental. So for example, maybe your price that you listed on the listing sites is $1,200 a month, but that price is only good for a 12-month lease. And if they want a six-month or four-month or whatever it is, sure, you can accommodate that, but maybe your price is fourteen dollars or $1,500 because of the added risk because maybe that tenant is going to move out at the end of six months and that puts you in a time of year where maybe it's not a good rental time frame for your community, for your local area. Uh, which is applicable for a lot of uh, college towns where there's kind of like this set cycle of move-ins and move-outs and people looking for rentals at certain times of the year. And it might be a little bit harder to get your rental leased out at a different time of year, so you may charge a higher amount for a short-term rental. Other questions might be, have you ever been evicted from a previous rental? Do you owe a prior landlord any money? Typical questions like that. Can you provide references from previous landlords or employers or whatever? Those are all questions that you can ask as part of your pre-qualifying criteria. Now, that doesn't mean that you can ask any question. You have to, of course, make sure that your questions line up with fair housing guidelines and with any local ordinances that you may be bound by. And so you do want to make sure that the questions you are asking are the right questions and the legal questions, but it is important to consider the type of information and questions that might be relevant for your rental property. Because if you do not allow any uh, any applicants who have an eviction within the past two years or five years or whatever your criteria states, then perhaps you would want to know that so that, again, you can save them and yourself some time during this process of going through an application and screening and just wasting their money and wasting their time and getting their hopes and expectations up when they're not going to be approved to begin with. So it's information that you definitely want to cover up front. Now, the reason for things like that is because a lot of people may say things like, well, I was on a lease with a roommate and I ended up moving out and because I got a job in another city. And then at some point later on, a year down the road, they defaulted or they left without giving the proper notice. And so they broke the lease or they were evicted or whatever the case is. And a lot of people think that simply by the fact that they moved out of the rental property that for whatever reason, they are no longer responsible for the lease that they put their name on and signed and it's still a valid lease. And so there are situations like that that are going to come up that might surface by you asking these types of questions as a part of your pre-qualification. The other thing that you want to do as part of your pre-qualification is make sure that you are clarifying expectations of your prospective tenants and the conditions of living at your rental property. For example, if everybody is required to be on the lease over the age of 18, but they have a few kids or relatives or friends that are going to be moving in with them as roommates or whatever, those people have to be also 
qualified through your rental application and screening as well. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think that as long as they qualify for the rental, then they can rent out a room or whatever to their buddy or to their kid or whatever the case may be. Uh, or some people think that it's just the parent that has to qualify for a rental and that if their kid is a part of their family, it's their child, even if they're over the age of 18, that they don't have to qualify for the rental themselves, which again, in most cases is not the case. And so by clarifying expectations and making sure that that information is stated up front and asking questions about, is it just going to be you in the rental property or are there other people? Are there other applicants? Are there other dependents? Uh, information like that is going to be helpful in pre-qualifying people quickly. And last but not least, you want to make sure that you are maintaining professionalism. When pre-qualifying tenants, professionalism is non-negotiable. You want to make sure that you are walking them through the process and providing them with established criteria that hopefully is in writing and that you treat each prospective tenant equally and that you just make sure that all of the information that they have provided is accurate through a proper screening if they do pass all of the pre-qualifications and also throughout that process answer their questions promptly. You want to remember that FAIR is the name of the game, not just in FAIR housing, but throughout the entire application process. Make sure that you are treating every single person the same way with the same pre-qualification criteria and with the same screening criteria and the same process each and every time with each applicant. So hopefully the information that we have shared with you today is helpful and provides you some insights into how maybe other property managers and landlords are doing pre-qualifications and screenings and the types of questions that they might be asking. And again, just make sure that you are abiding by not only fair housing guidelines, but also according to any local ordinances or state laws that may be applicable to you specifically. Thanks again for tuning into this podcast and we'll look forward to chatting with you next time.